So when you act surprised at something that's already meant to be yours, you actually close the portal of possibility. But when you are like, this makes sense to me because you know you've done the work, then the portal of possibility stays open. This is the Illuminate Podcast, and I am your host, Rebecca Boatman. I am fascinated with human relationships, from going on first dates to understanding attachment styles and how our personal spiritual mission plays a big role in all of it. I created this podcast to invite you into conversations with inspiring leaders and I as we explore different topics surrounding dating, relationships, money, and spirituality. Before we start, make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And my one ask and a great way that you can contribute to the podcast is to leave a five-star review. And now let's jump in. In today's episode, we have Garen Jones, who is the pioneer of artist power and one of the world's leading transformational speakers and authors. He has helped hundreds of thousands of people across the globe awaken their inner artist to find genuine authenticity, confidence, and joy. His best-selling book, Change Your Mindset, Change Your Life, teaches how to live an extraordinary life without regret. It was ranked by Forbes as a top book for business leaders in 2023. His flagship event is the Awaken the Artist Within Retreat, hosted at his estate in Austin, Texas, and attended by billionaire CEOs and industry leaders. Garen's powerful personal journey spans from a near-death experience at four years old, juvenile detention in his teens, a prison sentence, a music career in LA that included a record deal with Ludacris and Def Jam, homelessness, and then becoming one of the most sought out after personal transformation speakers. He has been featured in media worldwide, including Forbes and Impact Theory. His story was told in National Geographic documentary, Locked Up Abroad, which shared the journey of his prison sentence in France. And now let's dive in. We're here. We're here. Yeah. I'm so grateful. And I, you know, you just shared how, or you share it. You want to repeat what you shared? Yeah. Um, you asked me how I was doing. And I said, I'm, I feel it's extraordinary in every area of my life that I'm aware of. And um, I didn't know that I could be this joyful and happy in, uh, you know, uh, fathering the next generation of women. Um, parenting in a whole, being a husband, um, being a great friend, money-wise, business-wise, intimacy-wise. And it's just, it's it's working and it's flowing in a way that I've never really seen anybody model it that way. So I've had to find certain things in certain people's lives. And I'm like, I like this, but I don't like this. I like mm-hmm. this, but uh, not so much. Or I like the way you treat your wife, but like, your business isn't in order. So I took from, I extracted all the things that I love in people around me. And I went to work 10 times as hard so that I could have all of those things working simultaneously. Wow. Yeah. It feels so good and effortless. That's so awesome. Mm-hmm. And then in which area in particular? So you said business, you said family, parenting, your relationship. Do you feel like you had a recent breakthrough around yeah. where you're like, okay, I have it all? And what was the challenge? And then what had you say, okay, this is it? Yeah. And before we go into that, I want, I want to share, when I say I have it all, it's all ships rise with the tide. 
And right now I feel so in alignment that everything in my life is just matching the alignment that I feel within and internally. And so as I continue to grow and evolve, then there's more to work out in here because I always go in here first and then it expresses itself outwardly. Yeah. Um, I would say uh, parenting. This I have a daughter who's 21 and I have a daughter, baby soul, who's almost two. And I'm so radically present with her um, because I do understand the responsibilities of not only fathering the next generation, but fathering the next generation of women. It's a different level of responsibility, um, especially being a, a um, I, I, some people call it the sacred masculine. I call it the transcendent masculine. The one who is not like, I'm not like overly masculine. I'm not overly feminine, but I don't lose myself in either or. And I can do either or at the drop of a hat without losing myself. Having a future woman have that as a father and what it has taken for me to learn about certain aspects of myself when it comes to my relationships with my with my mom and my relationship with my brother and my dad and how toxic those were growing up. Yeah. Me leaning in to this facet of parenting has opened me up and has sought out all of my hidden areas in my life and has forced me to look at it without hiding. And I don't want to hide because I also don't want to give baby soul my stuff. Yeah. So every insecurity, everything that I've blocked stuff down is all coming out. And I'm like, let me go do some work on that. <laughs> and I watch it play out right through baby soul in her growth and development. Wow. Will you give us a specific example? Yeah. So my mom was born in 1955 in, in uh, between Texas and Arkansas and in, in, uh, Texarkana. So there was heavy racial stuff back then, mm -hmm. blacks and whites only restrooms. And a lot of the black people back then in that, in that era would perm their hair to be like a white person. They would just, it, they, they wouldn't leave it natural. So my mom used to perm her hair. So growing up in a household where my mom still had that made me feel like me having what they called nappy hair, but it's, it's actually just a, a thicker grade of hair. Me having a thicker grade of hair was actually a bad thing. Mm. So my mom took her insecurities put it on me. And my whole life, I thought that growing my hair how it is now was actually a bad thing. So we would perm my hair to make it look like whatever, you know, whatever the, the, the her construct of growing up was. Oh, your hair is so nappy. We need to perm it. So I thought I got rid of that. And then when baby soul was born, her mother's white, blue, blonde hair, blue eyes, you know, Blair. Mm -hmm. And I'm me. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I, the, in the quiet of my mind, I was saying, I hope her hair is not like mine. Mm -hmm. And I caught it. And I was like, 
Oh my goodness. So a lot of times insecurities, babies aren't born with insecurities. It's, it translates like DNA. So my family's insecurities, without that awareness, translated right to me. And without that awareness, my, in, my insecurities, which were not mine, was translating right to baby soul. And I caught it. I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, Garen, she gets to have her own hair, her own experience. Do not give her your stuff. Mm. And I was like, wow, I can't imagine how many potential unaware parents are just giving away all of their quiet or even loud insecurities to these innocent children. I caught it. That's That's one. (laughs) That's one. And I love that you talked about awareness and that's key. So what would you say are great indicators of, oh, wow, I need to have awareness around this. Oh, wow, I'm projecting an insecurity or different cues. That way the listeners and everyone listening is like, okay, I can start to implement and practice that. Is it a feeling? Is it just a thought or? I mean, it's, well, one is your negative self-talk. So if you're like, oh man, oh, this is my bad. This is, this is not my good side. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is my good side. I totally still do that. (laughs) Even in something that's so innocent and ingrained inside of that, what you're literally admitting to the universe and how the universal order works is I have a bad side that I haven't accepted. Mm -hmm. And so inside of that, that something so small seems so innocent. Whatever you admit to, you're actually recreating that reality. Yeah. And so something like that was like, no, I have no bad sides. It's like all my sides are good. Mm -hmm. I just prefer this one. Now, what you're doing is you're changing a whole inner matrix inside of yourself by saying, oh, all my sides are good. This is the one I prefer today. And so now you're infusing empowered language rather than, oh, no, that's that's not my good side, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think with something similar to that, Mm -hmm. I mean, something as as innocent as that, it will allow you to speak love into yourself and not to admit the, the, the part of yourself that you don't like or you haven't yet accepted. Yeah. That's one. And there's a lot of people like that. There's like, oh, it's not the right lighting or it's not. And there's a way in which to verbalize and allow the power of words to work for you, not against you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, my friend Anna, the other day we were taking photos and she's like, which side do you want? Because both sides are my good side. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, you go, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So. I heard you mention that growing up, you had toxic relationships, and then, oh, yeah. and that's something that you've clearly transformed. Mm-hmm. So, what do you feel was the biggest pattern that you transformed that comes to mind? Um, one, one was a relationship with my mom. So, there's several instances, and we can go down a huge rabbit hole. But I know that most of the people who are listening had some type of caretaker that they grew up in the house with, either mom or dad or grandparents or adopted parents, whatever. Um, So my mom, there's two instances I'm going to talk about. When I was four years old and my parents were separating, my mom said, pick which parent you want to go with. Like I, I was left with that decision. And I remember dreading the decision, not wanting to make the decision. She said, 
we're leaving in 30 minutes, pack your bags. And I remember not wanting to do it. I don't want to have to choose at four or however four-year-olds think which parent to go with. I love both my parents. Yeah. So I had to choose. And I resented my mom my entire life for for forcing me to choose. And then I remember choosing my dad. And what I now know is my intuition, 10 minutes later after I chose and we were driving away, was says, stop the car, go with your mom, go with your mom. And I remember, stop the car, I wanna go with mom. Mm. So I go with mom. Eight, year, eight years later, my father is murdered. Mm. Guess who I blame? Mom. I blame myself. Or you blame yourself. Because I left, I originally chose dad and I went with my mom. So I blame, I blame my mom and I blame myself for making me choose. So that's one instant, and we'll go into what I did about it. Then another instant was my mom used to make dinner at the table and then go to her room. And I never understood. I'm like, I I, I always wanted to eat dinner at the table. So her going to her room means my mom doesn't love me. So this was my entire life. And then when I started like really awakening to there's a potential way to look at life from a different angle. Even that cup right there, there's a thousand different angles that you can look at that cup. But I only looked at my life and my mom through one lens. So when I wanted to develop a relationship with my mom, I was like, well, she had a life before I was even born. I've never once asked about that life. So I took the mom box off of mom. And I said, I wonder what it would be like to learn about who Sharian is, what her childhood was like, what, what, what she always wanted to do as a, as a child and what, you know, what her dreams were. I never asked. It's just like, I was born and you should be this way. And because you're not like this way, because my other friends' parents are like this way, you're a bad mom. Mm-hmm. Well, when I went to go learn and take the sun box off of, off of me as the sun to have Garen meet Sharian, who just happens to be my mom, and have Sharian meet Garen, which she really didn't know anything about. Mm-hmm. She just had her perspective. I realized that my mom had a mom who never said, I love you. Mm-hmm. But she said, I love you through her food. And I was like, That's my mom's way of saying, I love you. Mm. And my mom said, and every time I went to my room, I was crying because I didn't think you appreciated Mm. what I was doing, what she ultimately was saying, because I didn't think that you loved me because this is how I show love because this is how I was shown love too. Mm. And I was like, and I can even tell by your response right now, it's speaking to something deep inside of you. That was, and now me and my mom are like this because I met Sharian. Yeah. But she also got to meet Garen because she had a way that she thought my life and, oh, no, you didn't do that. No, mom, that was from your perspective. But let me show, let me, I would love to introduce you to Garen. Yeah. That's one perspective. The other one was from when I I had her force me. Well, Well, I thought she forced me to choose. My friend goes, is there another way you can look at it? In her highest self, in her spirit body, why do you think she came through that vessel and had you choose? 
And I was like, I never thought about if she was in her highest self. My mom gave me the power to choose my own destiny. Mm. And it's so interesting how I'm known for my deep level of intuition, but you can't achieve deep level of intuition if you don't deeply trust yourself. Funny how when my mom gave me the power to choose my own destiny, 10 minutes later is my earliest memory of my intuition after I made a decision that said, go with your mom. (gasps) Mom, you also gave me the power to choose my own destiny, which opened up the access for my intuition. (sighs) You just became the coolest fucking mom on the planet. And instantly that energy of resentment (laughs) left. Wow. Because I looked at the situation differently. Wow. And wow. I just had this visual of now being in this time and space. And then when you when you project and you go back into those moments and you, it's like you're literally redirecting light and letting yourself timeline hop into a whole new way of yes. living, thinking, being, and that everyone has the ability to do that when they choose to do that. And it literally changes the way you see your past. It changes who you are now and it changes the present. It changes your relationships now. <laughs> and it's the internal pharmacy. Yeah, and one thing I want to share, it's, it's people, I always hear people say, and it, and, it, and it irks me, but everybody's process is different. I got to remember. Leave the past in the past. You can just do something and then, and then, you, and you'll evolve. If there is still the past lodged into a two-year-old and you have stuck energy, if you leave the past in the past and the and the way in which I, I view life, your future will become a recreation of your past in a different variation. Mm-hmm. And you'll think it was like, see, it's different. No, it's a different variation. That's why you'll still this, date the same kind of guy that's like your dad or a variation of your dad or your brother or your mom. It's because there might be a past thing or a loop that you haven't closed. And because... And I'm not talking about the adult to the child. I'm talking about you being in the energy of the child and releasing that energy. If that loop is still open, then your future, I can literally tell you what your future is going to look like. Mm -hmm. And like that movie, Back to the Future, whenever he went back and then he started like (laughs) the fell in love with his mom. And then all of a sudden you look at the picture and things start dissolving. Mm-hmm. I believe that's actually true, and my life is a, is is a direct reflection of it. Yeah, by me going into the past and clearing certain energy and releasing from the child inside of me certain energy, and then creating a new story around it, it projects a whole new future. Mm-hmm. So, when you say going into the past and releasing, are you? Sp- Speaking into uh, somatic things like somatic release, will you get more tangible or specific so people yeah. understand? So, say for instance, my brother, mm-hmm. he's, I saved all this money for a Dodge Neon when I was 13 years old. I was like, if I keep saving like this, when I'm 16, I'll get the car. You so did or your brother did? No, I had all this okay. money, but my brother stole it from me. Mm. So, imagine what I felt like. So, is in my bottom drawer and I'm just every money, everything I'm working for, 
I'm just putting in the bottom drawer. I'm like, oh my God, I'm saving for the first time in my life. Well, one day I came home and all the money was gone. And I felt betrayal. I felt disloyalty. I felt like somebody uh, just backstabbed me. That's how I felt about my brother. And he denied it for a very long time. But your intuition knew. But my intuition knew. Yeah. Okay, my friends, I'm briefly pausing this episode to invite you to something very special. If you are ready to access bravery and to challenge your current sense of self and to step into and embody your new sense of self, one that is a frequency match for the partnership, for the things, for the life that you desire, then I invite you to explore my Meet the Frequency membership that is full of powerful step-by-step workshops to help you become a frequency match for the life that you desire. The link is in the description below and you can use code Illuminate for $20 off. And now back to the episode. I felt, and then I just blocked that feeling because it's like I couldn't even think. And I, I left that feeling down, right? And so for a long time, I've learned how to love my brother again but there was still in the quiet of my mind, but you stole my fucking money. (laughs) Even when I was 13, my brother's four years older than me. I'm 44, he's 48. And this was up until like five years ago. And I was just doing this deep work of forgiving and letting go of resentment and seeing the power of when you actually let go of resentment and what that does. And somebody asked me, well, who, who do you, who's one of the people that you resent the most? I'm like, from your past it was it was my brother yeah he he did just a lot of shady things and i love him to death now but growing up i couldn't stand him well i imagined myself and what and tried to remember and recall the feeling i'm sitting in a quiet room and i allow myself to actually be angry mm-hmm. but from that little kid. So I imagine myself the moment I took myself to that moment. Yeah. And I felt disloyal. What does betrayal feel like? Put a sound on it. What is, what is uh, disloyalty feel like? Put a sound on it. I just fucking hate you. But not the adult. And this is where a lot of, this is why a lot of stuff stays in, in, in Mm -hmm. adults. Adults are deteriorated children. They don't get deep enough into the essence of the child. That's the work that I do. Yeah. So I recalled the anger and the aggression and the rage and said everything that I wanted to say about Anthony. And I said it all. And then my goal was to forgive him, but inside of my body. And then apologize to him for the resentment that I held. So good. Not making him feel wrong, not be like, oh, you did this. I released all that energy and then I called him and I said, Anthony, I sh- oh, I'm in the process of, of, of f- clearing my life, transforming my life. And I just want to apologize for you uh, to you for holding resentment. And he was like, what are you talking about? You know, th- when you had taken that money, it's what you did, but what I did afterwards, that that thing 
it desecrated my spirit. Mm-hmm. And I want to apologize because every thought that I had towards you, what you did is what you did, but what I did about it is what I did to my own life. Mm-hmm. And so I took accountability and responsibility for my energy. Yeah. And I, I told him, I said, and I just want to apologize for holding resentment towards you for over 30 years. I'm, I'm so sorry. And it's, what it's done is it, it's, it's blocked me from actually loving you the way I could be loving you. Yeah. So I'm creating the possibility for us to have a loving relationship where there's nothing in the way. And you know what he said to me? Oh my fucking goodness. I'm like, what? He was like, how'd you know? I'm like, what are you talking about? This is a week prior. He was like, I just sent you a check in the mail for that money. No. So after 30 years, <laughs> he didn't even know Ooh. that I was in this process. But this is how the universal order yeah. works. It doesn't work on our timeline. It can it knows you more than you know you. And so because I was even in the process of really clearing myself and freeing myself. Yeah. It beat me to the punch and whatever it was flowing through my brother's channel had him pay me back after all these years. Wow. That's what I mean. I've done that for 250 people in my life. Like, Most people like won't Calden even do three. Said that. Yes. So good. So 250, do you keep counting or are you just throwing no, the number No, no. What I did was when I saw the power of that. Yeah. And I was like, how many other people in my life that I've held resentment towards or I was negative towards or they were negative towards me? So what I did was I went, I started from kindergarten all the way up to present date and I just recalled memory. And then, you know, you might not remember on the spot, but if you go and you think about one person, you're like, you know what? That just opened, that reminded me of this. And that reminded, so from kindergarten, smacking a girl on her butt and stealing her gum or putting it in her hair. I had never apologized. So how did you find these people? You just go Facebook? Facebook, <laughs> Twitter, wow. MySpace. MySpace. Here's what I learned. When you're very intentional, not from victim, but from actually freedom, yeah. the essence of freedom in your own body. Yeah. When you're intentional, the universe has a very peculiar way to match your energy. Mm-hmm. And because I was intentional on freeing myself and not living in that pit of resentment hell, people out of note, they just kept picking up and they picking up and, you know, this person that I bullied and it's like, you know, I've resented you for these 30 years every time you post something. It's like, and I, I did not realize how much people hold on to how you made them feel. Mm. Even the Tony Oliveira bullied me. Mm-hmm. Three, three people bullied me. And I held all this resentment. And I contacted Tony Oliveira after all this time. Just picked up. Boom. Called him on Facebook. And I was like, do you remember me? He's like, yeah, you're Anthony's little brother. He's like, I want to apologize. Um, I'm in the process of transforming myself. I, transforming my life and I just want to apologize for the resentment that I had that I held towards you you know when we all got into that fight he was like wait a second why are you apologizing we jumped you and I was like 
because what I did to you in my mind was a thousand times worse than what you did to me. Mm. And I just want to apologize for my part. And I said that, and he was like, man, I got a lot of people to apologize to. Thank you for showing me what that looks like. Every single time I did that, yeah, it was so interesting how I had new clients come into my business. I'm like, oh my God, I let go of resentment of three people and three people come into my business. Now, my favorite thing to do in the world, I love puzzles. So I started noticing this, these particular patterns. I released this energy and it was almost like a universal order was restoring the in- energy instantly. Yeah. So the same way I used to chase women and I, it's just like, it's almost like this addictive behavior. It, it wasn't the fact that I was chasing women. It was, I just have this thing where I can't stop doing something once I lock into it. I transmuted that energy to finding those people who I did negative and I just couldn't stop. Mm -hmm. And even today, when these things happen, they come up, I got to talk to the person. Yeah. Because if that energy is living inside of me, it 100% is like throwing pesticides on your future. Yeah, it causes disease. Yeah. So I came up with, after I was looking and researching and going on people's Facebooks and looking at their friends list and be like, oh my God, I remember this person. And I remember, and I reached out to 250 people. In how long? A week? How long did it take you? This was over a, a, maybe like a year period of time. And within one year, I went from... $200,000 in debt, living in my car, uh, sleeping back and forth between an abandoned building and, and, um, and a storage unit. Yeah. Mom dying in the hospital, girlfriend had, uh, uh, broken up with me. All this was happening at the same time. Yeah. When I started doing that work, it's so interesting that with, in, 18 months time, I was earning $70,000 a month passive income. All of that, the businesses, the people who I was elevating in, I started trading my old life for the life that I actually wanted. And I made space for that life. And I didn't realize that resentment and the ability not to forgive other people and forgive myself was holding up the the most space. Wow. Wow. Do you do you ever feel like forgiveness is like an intelligence to an aliveness? It's like it's a it it exists. It's an aliveness. And as you call upon it, yeah, and you you say, Okay, I I want to forgive in me, I want to forgive everything around me, yeah. to give it forward. It's literally like an intelligence that you're inviting into your life. What what I think and I love that framework, um, what I think that anytime you use words it takes you further and further away from the truth. Because even biblically, in the beginning, they say in the beginning there was the word, but the Greek meaning for the word is sound and vibration. So even the word saying forgiveness is taking you away from the frequency and vibration that whatever that is, the intelligence holds. And I think that the more that you bring yourself into the forgiveness state, yeah, where it becomes a part of you. You just align 
with nature as it was designed. And nature as it was designed for longevity, groundedness, uh, abundance, fruitfulness, and all that. All you have to do is just go outside, go into the forest, and you will see what continues to restore itself. Mm-hmm. And this is even my age. When I started doing that work, I was 34 years old. I looked like I was 48 years old. Right now, I'm, I just turned 44. And I look in my thir- early 30s to the point where my own daughter was like, Daddy, did you get, did you get plastic surgery? <laughs> no. But you know what happened? My old neighbor, who was 103 years old, she looked like she was in her late 60s. Uh, and I said, how come you don't look so old? She said, old? Age doesn't make you old. It's when you let your life beat you down. That's what makes you old. When, you, when you're in relationships, you don't want to be in and you stay in them. That's what makes you old. When you're in jobs that you don't want to be in and you, and you stay in them. Wrinkles come from allowing your life to beat you down and it weighs on your spirit. And that's when your soul starts to sag. And from that point, that's when I started doing the forgiveness work, letting go of the resentment work. And all that was is removing what wasn't natural to who I am as a human nature. And when nature is in alignment, it always restores itself. So now I'm aging the way I'm supposed to be aging instead of speeding up the process. Yeah. And then how do you feel, or what did you notice in terms of your creativity? Yeah. This impacting your creativity. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, (laughs) it's that in itself if you think of a water hose mm-hmm. and you tie a knot, you, you tie three knots in the water hose. Got but kinks. You, got, you know what I'm saying? But you have a thousand pounds of pressure. Turn the wheel, little drops are coming through. I noticed that every time I like let go of this resentment and it's not it's not like a one-time offer. Just like tending weeds is not a one-time offer. Yeah. You, constantly need to keep tending the garden. So I've forgiven people over and over and over and over and over until it becomes a part of me. And so when it comes to creativity, there is a, it's like a portal of creativity, Mm -hmm. but resentment and hatred, judgment, uh, gossip, all of those things block that portal. Yeah, And so- when I started releasing those things inside of me, all of a sudden more ideas would come. And oh my God, I said, where, that's, where my, that's where the intimacy went. And it's, and it's all part of creativity. Yeah. All part of the, the play, the discovery, the, the honoring of the little kid inside. Mm-hmm. And it, where does it go? Where does it go? The power goes to judgment, the power mm. uh, in, the, in, in, uh, in plenty of adults, not everybody to judging yourself and comparing yourself to other people, all of these things that take you right out of alignment with your natural state. Yeah. If you open up that line of communication, you're cleansed, you can receive the life force, you can receive the spirit and your essence. And so, okay, in calling the 250 people, every single time, were you in that space, the way that you're describing now, oh, like I'm freeing myself, did it feel that effortless or were there moments where you're like, oh my gosh, I want to throw up? Well, I'll tell you, an object in motion stays in motion. Yeah. 
and how momentum works. It's very similar to um, the raindrops, and you know you're about. It's about to start pouring rain, and it doesn't just go. Whoosh, it's a little couple of little drops. Same way popcorn works. It's mm-hmm. pop, 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 pop. Momentum works the exact same way. So when I first started doing it. I was actually unconscious of what was actually happening. I just noticed every time I do this, this happens. I do this, this happens. I'm starting to make more money when it was like so difficult for me to make money. Yeah. I'm doing this and I'm attracting these people in my life. So this little dance became a form of momentum. Mm. After a while, I had enough evidence Clearly, every time I do this, if you have the eyes and the sensitivity to notice the synchronicities that are almost simultaneous when you do these things. Yeah. But it wasn't until I started um, doing like emotional intelligence work and going to these workshops, like I went all the way through uh, mastery and transformation training. I went all the way through landmark. I went all the way through insight. I did uh, 10 day silent retreats, five days in the dark. I, you know what? And then all of that gave me language to then have the awareness yeah. of what I already had results with. Once I had the language, I, I was willing to go deeper because I could articulate what I was doing. Your mind was on board then My too. mind was so on board. So now it wasn't a, um, every time I do this, this happens. So this was my version of a baby going gaga goo goo. Mm-hmm. It knows what, uh, the baby knows what it's expression, but it's, it's, not, it's not formulating the words. But when you can formulate the words, so now gaga goo goo goes ball. Mm-hmm. Red, red hat. Mm-hmm. My daughter, who's almost two, she's like, Daddy, I'm hungry. Instead of, Nana, Nana, Nami, Nami. Nami is now, I'm hungry. String cheese, cocoa water. So now, I, it, it, because of that, she can point directly to the thing rather than expressing it through frustration. Mm-hmm. So... Once I got the language and the articulation, I started going deeper in the practice. And when I was going deeper in the practice, there was a decision to make. Mm-hmm. There was the gruesome ones that felt like this and la, la, la. And then I could look for, at my past and say, I'm not willing to go back. Mm-hmm. And if I can see where my future could go, and put more energy into where my future could go. Mm-hmm. Now the projection is different because whatever you project, you will find every reason in the world to make yourself right. And so to close this off, because my projection changed, my value system changed, the weight of what used to have me in the pit of my stomach no longer could hold the weight because I didn't put the power there. Mm. I put the power in my future where I knew where I was going to go. And anything that's in the way of that, I'm willing to go through, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, anything Mm -hmm. can no longer get in the way. I will not allow it of what now has the momentum of my life. Mm, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's available for everyone. Everyone. And it's 
it's like it feels like a redirecting like you're when you when you would go into the past but now it's like you you've transmuted you've felt you've moved through those energies and now you've completely redirected to what's possible energy, i call it energy transmutation yeah somebody's like oh i have you know i just uh, i'm 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 struggling with 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 focus are you no, no, no. I, I have issues with focus. I'm like, so when you go and brush your teeth, are you distracted? No. When you say, what street, what street do you live on? Oh, blah, 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 blah. Were you distracted just now? No. Okay. When you use the toilet, you do number two. Are you, are you distracted on the toilet? No. You don't have an issue with focus. It's where you're putting your energy. Mm-hmm. And so it seems as though you try to spread your energy in too many places because there's not one energy that you're actually focused on. And they're like, <gasps> yeah, that's called energy transmutation. Mm-hmm. How you do anything is how you do everything. Mm-hmm. I can literally look at the construct of your life and show you what your thoughts are. Yeah. And the way that someone speaks, yeah. you can tell a lot about someone just in the words that they use or where their mind and their head and their heart's at. Yeah. So for all of our lovely listeners now, looking at their life, and I would say I'm, they have dreams in their heart, they have desires, they have things they want to create. What's a very tangible step that you can give them to help them meet that frequency, to help yeah. them come into that embodiment? This is my life's work. The The clearest purest and safest way I know how to lead with people to tap into that frequency is through the mind's eyes and heart of the little kid. I had a, I had a client who she had the money, she had the man, she had the family. She said, I feel like something is missing. And there was, a, you can tell in her body Something is missing. And I said, what you used to love to do as a child? And she said, I used to love to, and she looked up. She was like, I used to love to dance. And she did her arms like that. <laughs> I was like, clearly you can tell. I used to love to dance. And I was like, and whenever you would dance, how would it make you feel? She was like, I, it would just make me feel so free. Like literally, and I'm watching her dance while she, she comes in like this. Mm-hmm. My life's working. Clearly. Yeah, it's working. <laughs> Stuck in a At hole. At what expense? Mm-hmm. You. I used to dance. And it would just make me feel so free. And she's literally dancing. I said, when was the last time you danced? Like 20 years ago. And I said, you have kids, right? She said, yeah. What do you think would happen to the, your relationship if your daughter comes up to you and goes, mom, 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 she's tapping on her knee. Mom, mom, listen to me for 20 years and you didn't acknowledge her. What do you think will happen with the relationship? She said, it wouldn't be a relationship. Yeah, I know, because there's be no emotional closure. So if you know what that feels like, I want you to imagine that dance was a daughter. Mm. And every time you see dance, every time you think about dance, every time you see something on TV and your daughter's going, mom, 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 your inner child, mom, mom. And you ignored her for 20 years. What do you think the relationship would be like? And she would be like, 
I said, because there's no connection from your spiritual self and your physical self. So you're so far out of alignment and anything out of alignment causes chaos. Mm -hmm. And what your, what you, where you hid was behind your work title and behind your money and behind your family, behind your, behind your man, you hid who you really are and what you're missing behind that. And so when I worked with her on, and this is what this goes into your question, I said one, once a week, take you and your inner child on a date. And not as the adult, I want you to imagine the little girl who just loves to dance mm -hmm. and just go and dance. Don't bring anybody with you, just go and dance. She does it and within six weeks, Something about her libido came back and, and sex became better. She got a raise at her job. She was like, I don't know. It's all these people changing. No, <laughs> you changed. Yeah. The universe becomes plastic mm. according to who you're being in the world as the most powerful magnet. Yeah. And when you shifted what was in your heart, the heart contains one of the most powerful, the EKGs of the heart is the most powerful frequency in the world. Mm -hmm. So what you did was listen to the little person going, knock, knock, choose Let me, me out. choose me, choose me, and align yourself with who you really are. You don't have to put money on that alignment. Mm -hmm. You just put that on that alignment. And now everything in your life is not overcompensating or justifying. Yeah. And her life is doing great in every area. Wow. Dance. <laughs> well, that was what it is. It's different for, for everyone. Her, yeah. For her. For me, it's running. For you, it's running. So when I'm running 4.20 in the morning, I'm not running for the exercise or the abs. I run because it's my form of moving meditation. And it's what I've always loved to do. My mom bought me a bike. Next thing you know, I'm running. I don't ride the bike. So clearly, when I'm not running, I'm actually not listening to one of the deepest crevices of my heart. Mm. So I just do it. Because this is what awakens me up. All my retreats, all the songs in the retreats, all the programs, every, all of my offers came as downloads while I was running. Isn't that wild how that happens? <laughs> and then think, I was thinking about your client and her dancing. And it's, it feels like, too, when we dance, when we're moving, we're literally shaking energy up and we're allowing it to reorient itself. Yep. We, have, um, we do something where in our calibrate experiences, which means to do something brave to calibrate to a new frequency. We have women go out into the middle of the grocery store and air guitar. <laughs> you, you sent, you sent yeah, me I that video. Totally I was like, I would totally do something like this. It's so fun. Yeah. And they're, they always look at me like I literally told them to go kill someone because they're so like, you want me to do what? I'm like, we've, 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 we've support everyone enough though to get to that point of, okay, like I'm just, I'm going all in. Right. Yeah. And as they, they just move through it and they just do it and they just let that that part of them out, out. So I think yes, it was dance for your client. I think everyone has that dance inside them. Yeah. And they come back like literally different people. I'm like, who are you? You guys and it's only a matter of we send them out for two hours. We give them five different calibraves, but this dance is always one of them. And it's like you just see their spirit. You see something shine through them. And then I remember right after that, this recent one that we just held this last month, one of the girls was like, Yeah. All of a sudden, I got honked at, and someone's some guy saying, "Hey, just you know, being sweet." And then my chiropractor, she's like, "That same day, my chiropractor asked me, 
do you not have the kids? Your energy's different. <laughs> She's like, this is working. But it's just a testament to what you're saying and the power of letting that inner child, letting that part of you to come out and play and how there's a ripple effect. There's things that we then shatter, whether it's fear of judgment, whether it's whatever those things are that we can't always totally see. But yeah. when we just move through it and we just embody that part of us, there's a magic that happens and surprises come into our life in ways that we just simply cannot predict. Yeah. I, and I love I love that you said that because I the way I challenge my clients and and stand for them they're like there's nothing that you want to do. you will straight up i'm like 100 mm -hmm. percent. so there's one give us the craziest one garen <laughs> the wildest one um they're all wild in their own way but i will share with you this there was someone who uh because 94 percent of my audience is powerful driven women and um, there was someone that's that was in my mastermind struggling with like finding her person. Like she settled on a person, but she didn't like in the quiet of her mind, like find her person. So she ended up leaving the thing that she knew deep down inside she wanted to be in. And she was like, I don't know how I'm going to find my person. I was like, well, what if that person was you? Mm. What if what you were looking for was actually yourself she's like what do you mean i'm like you give to all of these people all of these people but yet i've heard in your conversation how much you don't give to yourself okay cool when you were in that relationship with your partner how many times did he say i love you a day he was like at least like five or ten all right cool if he went one day without saying i love you what would you be thinking? What's wrong? What's wrong with me? What's mm. wrong with him? What happened? I was like, one day. Okay. How often do you say I love you to yourself? And she's like, <sighs> I'm like, this is my point. Here's what you're about to do. Once a week, you're going to take yourself on a self date. Mm -hmm. And this is not just like, oh, I'm on a self date. No, this is the way that you would get ready for him knowing that he's the one how would you smell how would you dress how would you like prep and get giddy with your girlfriends and all these different things you're going to set yourself yourself up that way to go and date yourself and i want you to go to the restaurant that you would want him to take you to and if you were in that if you were in that restaurant with him you wouldn't be looking at other dudes and if you met somebody, you'd actually have self-respect with the container that you're in. Yeah. And she was like, yes, okay, cool. So what you're going to do is set it all up. I mean, get giddy, put the smell, like hygiene yourself the way that you, however you would do it. And you take yourself out. When you get there, I want you to dine yourself the way you would want him to dine you. If somebody comes up and be like, oh, I noticed that you're by yourself. Excuse me, I'm on a date. And like really go all the way in. Mm -hmm. And then by the time that you're done, oh, we, we went there. By the time that you're done, if you felt like this was the person and you wanted to be intimate with him, I want you to take yourself home and go and give yourself 
what you would want him to give you. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the way. Do not skip any steps. Yeah. Wake up in the morning, cook the breakfast. Breakfast in eat, bed. Well, the, the whole thing. And she did it. And she was like, oh. Because we had to take her through a whole thing. And there was three guys that tried to hit on me. And I said, I'm on a date. And it was literally conversation and everything with herself, but outward verbally. Wow. She did the whole thing. And she was like, there's no possible way I can find the one if I don't even treat myself like the one so that I can meet my reflection. Yeah. So it's, it's, it, it's, we, we take people through a whole simulation of what it feels like to be treated like the the goddess that you are, but by yourself so that you can know what that actually feels like. Because you can't hold people to a standard they don't even know exists. Yeah. And then they have that anchor point from that experience that you gave them. And they have the anchor point and they can call upon it and call upon it. And then it becomes normal, natural, and they manifest someone who mirrors that. It's like, oh, this is normal. This is natural. This is my life. So it's not a surprise when it comes because you've been treating yourself like that. Do you think how it comes, though, is a surprise? Like the way that it that, that it's not a surprise that it happens, but like how it pops in is. is... I would when I what I say by surprise, there is uh, the, uni- the, the 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 this intelligent universe is, mm-hmm. is it's funny in a very funny way. When you are surprised. When you, when your behavior is like, oh my God, this happened. Mm. You tap into a, a little kid who didn't know that mm. that was already meant to be yours. Got it. So when you act surprised at something that's already meant to be yours, you actually close the portal of possibility. But when you are like, this makes sense to me because you know you've done the work, then the portal of possibility stays open. And like, ding, if, ding, you ding, know what I'm saying? Keep dropping if, in. A, if a random check, random, just magically shows up, you're like, oh my God, I got this $10,000 check out of nowhere. And I'm like, oh my God, you're telling everybody, you're preaching to everybody, oh my God, oh my God. What you've literally done is saying, I didn't think that something like this would actually, that I was worthy of something happening. You're admitting by your reaction. Mm. It's almost like my bad side, good side, same thing. So I'm very, very peculiar about behavior, the frequency you're in, the energy you're in, the way in which you respond. Yeah. So the, the moment you do that, you're literally saying the universe is you're good with what that is. Mm. But the moment you say, but of course, this makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. It makes, I literally, uh, um, before my birthday, July 2nd, I had a $500,000 day. I'd never had a $500,000 day in my work before. And it did not surprise me. It was like one-on-one client, this uh, a protege client, another one-on-one. It was like, bam, bam, bam. And I'm like, this makes sense to me. Mm. The very next day, somebody invites me to a, a private house party in Los Angeles and then all of a sudden, they was like, hey, did you meet Stevie? I'm like, Stevie who? He was like, Stevie Wonder. You just walked right by him. <laughs> this is his house. 
And I'm like, that's my all time favorite singer. That's the Michael Jordan of music for me. Mm-hmm. In the next four hours, I'm like jamming with Stevie Wonder and he's singing happy, happy birth. And I'm like, this makes sense to me. <laughs> that's awesome. Because I know the work mm-hmm. that I've been doing. So it wasn't a surprise. Yeah. You know, it it, it it was abnormal the way that it came in, but I was not shocked. Yeah. So that's what I mean. So it's almost like, okay. So it's almost like it's abnormal the way it came in. And then it's a sense of, oh, of course, you know, it's, it's a, it's very natural miracles, miracles, or they're normal. If you expect them to happen yeah. based off of the work that you're putting in. But sometimes people will do some work and not even realize that that's the work. And they're like, oh, I was just doing this and man, and this happened. But you're, you're aloof to actually what's going on. So why would the abundance frequency codes be unlocked yeah. into your realm yeah. when you, you, weren't, you weren't even expecting this kind of life or these kind of things to happen? Yeah. And so it's a positioning of your energy field. And if you can verbalize a frequency that can hold for the bigness that could be in your life, that's why it will be there. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's going to be, you, you got a long, hard road that feels like you have to work and work and work and you're going to yeah. get tired. Yeah. But it can, it can be effortless when the work internally positions your frequency to be to your energy to be available for what the mirror image of that frequency yeah for what already exists that timeline yes. you're like popping yes into it and then i guess w- because what I've found is sometimes people will want to manipulate force and they're trying to move matter with matter. So that's why, and there could be another word for outside of surprise when I say like, it's going to be unpredictable how it happens, but it will be a byproduct essentially of the work. And then the way it comes in, you're not going to have manipulated or seen A through Z. There's a, it's, I call it the unpredictable predictable. Like I know, I I know Mm. without a shred of a doubt. I know when I'm doing, my, I have these things called breakthrough coaching where it's um, – I used to call it free coaching, but I do breakthrough coaching where I just – I put people on the hot seat on Instagram Live yeah. and, I, and I coach seven people to breakthroughs. Well, then all these other coaches, it's like your favorite coach's favorite coach. They were like, no, this is a next-level skill set that you have, have been studying the way in which I coach because it's I take years of – uh, of martial arts and studying to be a samurai for two years and what it took for me to get out of my car, uh, uh, prison, and all of the different uh, inner shadow work that I've done. And then I have a framework and how I listen, how I coach the vibrational field that I'm in as it, whether I'm coaching somebody that's a trans man or if I'm coaching somebody that's 25 years uh, of therapy that's relying on titles to be in her significance. Yeah, It's the same formula and it creates the same breakthrough every single time. So a lot of coaches start saying, yo, I want to join your programs because there's something that you're doing that I feel that can be very valuable in the way that I come. I know what I'm doing yeah. when I'm doing these breakthrough coaching 
there's something to learn and then there's other skill sets to learn and to see and the value to see be seen. So it would make sense why somebody would pay me $350,000 as my protege for an entire year or 120K for 12 sessions because you're watching a different caliber of value within three minutes. Now imagine a whole year. Yeah. But I'm giving this away. So when it comes back on the back end, it's unpredictable, but it's so predictable because I know I know that it's coming, yeah. but not like I'm doing this to get this. Mm. My magic is in the way in which I give. Yeah. It's and you receive so much that I'm in. in that. Yeah. I receive in my giving. Yeah. So the overflow from the way in which I give, now I receive at the capacity that I give. Mm, so. so most people focus on, oh, no, I have no issue with receiving. No, no, no. It's, it, I have a whole training that's receiving at the capacity that you give that says nothing about receiving it, but all the field that you're in and the mindset that you're in when you're giving and how you're giving. It's like the dimension. It's like a three-dimensional <laughs> chess, chess checkerboard. Yeah, which you're inside of. Okay, so tell me, Darren, how can everyone find you, stalk you, receive this coaching that you're talking about? Um, you can go to my website, garenjones.com. Um, you can come to Instagram, garen.jones. And my next... Um, my next retreat is called Awaken the Artist Within. The artist is the little kid who remembers. There will be about 75 of us, and it is such a magical, enchanting container. Um, that is in Aspen, Colorado from oh, October wow. 4th through the 9th. Oh, that'll be beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, uh, if you'd have caught me three weeks ago, you'd have probably been, a, uh, you guys have been a part of my um, mastermind. Um but the next thing to uh, experience the level of deep safety uh, that one needs in their nervous system for their true magic to come online, especially when you're around a bunch of people, healthy people. Mm -hmm. Vibrant. I, 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 I attract people at the vibration that's that's coming out of me and I live life with integrity and safety is my one of my highest values. And I think that's why the uh, my avatar is the ninety four percent powerful driven women because they feel safe, yeah, to release and to be held and to like really feel that softer side of themselves yeah. inside of that container. So you can find me there, and uh, I'll be there for the rest of my life. <laughs> uh, this is my work for the rest of my life, whether you pay me or not pay me. Mm -hmm. But um. I'm excited to be a part of the conversation that restores nature as it was designed. Yeah. And everything, all the, everything that Garen just said is in the show notes below. So you can click the links and go say hi to him. And thank you so much, bud, for coming on today and your vibrant spirit and the work that you're doing in the world is truly incredible. And I'm just very grateful. So thank you. Thank you, my friend. And thank you for the heart and bravery to have a container like this for stories like mine and the viewers and listeners to, uh, to have a home. So thank you so much. Absolutely. 
I hope you enjoyed the episode and you can find a ton more free tips on my Instagram under Rebecca Boatman. If you are curious about my online membership and community, you can click the link that is in the description and see the page that explains everything you get to support you on your journey to attracting and building a healthy relationship. And I hope to see you inside.